Measure twice, cut once. Greetings, everyone. You are tuned into episode 46 of the Trust and Believe Nomad Cast. I'm your host, Mr. Anderson. Thank you for tuning in today on the 21st of December. Glad you guys are here lending me your ears and lending me your visuals. Speaking of that, if you're a brand new person to this channel and you like the content, go ahead and subscribe. Click the bell icon. And if you're on other social media platforms to include YouTube, TikTok, and everyone's favorite Instagram, go ahead right here. Retired Master Sergeant 20 right up in there. Appreciate everything. Tell your family and friends as well about the Trust and Believe Nomad cast on all platforms. Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, all the et cetera. Check the website, trustandbelievenomadcast.buzzsprout.com. You can find everything. All right. So all right, with all that being said, let's go ahead and segue into opening remarks. And just doing some research last few days, looking at the news and everything and kind of seeing the trends of where we are as a human race, how we are as business, as a society, and even as a world, right? This world is spinning, it's spinning folks. And it's kind of one of them things, you know, either get right. What is it? What is the old saying? You either get right or you get left. Um, now I'm talking about in the same, the instance of self automated, utility in terms of going to a restaurant and there's a robot serving you. There's a robot taking your order, self-driving semi-tractor trailers. Oh my gosh. Right. Imagine that on a highway robotics and Amazon. And this has been going on forever, but now with this advanced technology, this advanced AI that we have right now, and it's getting developed even more at an intensified rate each day, each hour, each second, right? And it can, it become, I won't say it can become scary, but again, if you don't latch on to this thing, cause that the experts are predicting this is the wave of the future. So I looked at a, a thing on TikTok yesterday and I can't remember the gentleman that posted it. I want to give proper credit, but I, I don't remember. I should have screenshot, but anyway, they had, it was a restaurant. I want to say it was in California and right now they're just doing a test run, almost serving as a proof of principle. Right. Um, they had the robot take the order. The robot was in charge of like three tables and the robot would go to table to say table one, take your order, table two, take your order. So on and so forth, the robot will move in and it's not at warp speed. The robot will go to the kitchen. The chef or whoever it was would take the order, right? Place the order, prepare the food. The robot will sit there and wait. And then the chef or whoever We'll place the food upon the trays and the robot delivers. Now I understand that's kind of cool. You know, if you want to test something out, test out a robot or whatever, but what happens if you go, go to a restaurant, typical Saturday night, a payday weekend, large city and a restaurant is packed. Will a robot serve in the capacity where, um, will the robot serve in the capacity where they can actually, you know, bring out the food in a, at a fast rate. Where's the conversation at? Where's the dialogue? Where's talking to the waiter, to the waitress? You know, they kind of just making great conversation to you, right? Cause sometimes that's the whole experience of going to a restaurant to establish that rapport, establish a conversation. And you continue that conversation throughout your experience at the restaurant, 
right? Because we all, most of us, we all can cook whatever we, whatever we, you know, eat at a restaurant. But again, it's all about the experience. Now, is everything is kind of getting depersonalized now because you can't talk to that waiter or that waitress. I'm just, you know, saying and predicting the future. You can't talk to that waiter or waitress. Now I'm talking to a robot named whatever. Where's that interpersonal conversation? But now the experts will say, well, the robot can communicate with you. I don't want to communicate with a robot. Robot, Let's just talk to the freaking human. We got a robot upstairs, right? That freaking, uh, the shark, the little, uh, the Robomax. What do you call them things? The vacuums, the circular vacuums. We use our phone to freaking communicate with the thing. But half the time, the dude don't shut on or he'll shut off or he'll just start vacuuming on his own. So again, the technology has to be improved, but at the end of the day, you're still, you're taking away that human experience. And let's move on to the truck driver industry, right? It's bad enough that you have to rely on a human to make sure he is confident in his role as a truck driver. And he's, you know, driving his vehicle from here to wherever you got to go. And now you're relying on faith because what if this guy is sleepy that I'm driving next to, but now they want to replace the truck driver with a robot, the truck driver. Hey, we need 11 hours of sleep with well, a company that's saying, okay, if you need 11 hours of sleep, let's develop a self-driving automated truck, semi truck of all things to drive down our, our nation's interstates and freeways with a robot. You know, what happens? I know it's all about saving money and it's all about advancing technology, but it's like, sometimes we're, I think we're accelerating too fast for our own good. I think let's employ the technology where it needs to be. Let's go into a digital world, getting rid of excess paperwork and the bureaucracy and all this other nonsense. But then you, we, we are applying technology to everyday needs. You know what I mean? And I may, may be in the minority and thinking this way. I don't want to be antiquated with my thoughts, but I think sometimes we do, we move too fast. We're trying to prove a point. I want to be the first one. I did this. Technology is going to be like this. 10 years now is going to be like this. And I got it. We have to advance as a society. We have to advance as a world. We're challenged between the Chinas and all these other countries. I get it. Got it. Understood. However, how fast is fast? Because now you're putting people out of work. The, the traditional folks that work at Amazon. So instead of having 10 workers on the line at a warehouse, or uh, at Amazon, now you have two people that's in charge of eight robots. So now you're taking eight people away. Now, if you want to divert them and move them into the corporate uh, sector or other places, you know, relocate them throughout the warehouse or wherever you want to do, that's fine. But we were replacing humans, that human touch with a robot. You know what I mean? It's just something to think about something, you know, cause we are going to get challenged with this as we move forward, as the years go on, just something to think about here on open the remarks. All right. And there's more to that, but I just want to kind of, you know, talk about that. It was on my mind. All right, everybody. Again, thank you for tuning in today. Today is talking on the Tuesday. Got a great thing lined up last week. I talked about, um, what did we talk about last week on talking on the Tuesday? We talked about something. Every day we're talking about something, um, but we're going to continue a conversation today. Have some fun with it. I let the Foxes, the CNNs and the ABC newses. I let them deal with all that hardcore reporting, that news. 
I want to try to keep it light here as possible, but also I want to be informative of what of what's going on. All right. So stay tuned, stay locked. Talking on the Tuesday is next, y'all. And you know how it go. Trust and believe. Yeah. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Trust and Believe Nomad cast here on this talking on a Tuesday. We are talking on a Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. And again, talking on the Tuesdays, I always say it. It serves as a freestyle session. I pick a random topic. We conduct a deep dive and we have some fun with it because there's so much hardcore, hardline, frontlining news that's out there. I use Tuesdays as a fun way. And uh, I'm going to have some changes coming up in January regarding Tuesdays as well, because I think I'm going to start diving into interviewing some of my old military friends and family. But uh, just stand by for that. But anyway, what I want to talk about today, and I thought it was fun to dive into, uh, it's a website called eatthis.com. And what I did, I went on the website, conducted some research, and I pulled seven fun facts, crazy fast food facts that were previously unknown. Now, if you go on eatthis.com, they actually have a hundred fast food facts that we didn't know. So due to time constraints uh, and to serve the greater good, I only picked seven of those a hundred, but again, it's something fun. We can kind of dive into, you know, people call this type of stuff, useless knowledge. To me, it's always a great talking point, you know, and I'm a sucker for history. So with that being said, let's go ahead and start. Number one, I hop omelets are fluffy. Thanks to pancake batter for the fluffiest omelet possible. I hop includes a special ingredient with this eggs. Ding, ding, ding pancake batter. You can find the recipe online and make it at home. Unfortunately, this means that those avoiding gluten have to avoid the egg-based dish, according to IHOP's allergen declarations. Now, it's funny. I, I, did not, I didn't know this until I started doing research on this. I didn't realize that IHOP utilized pancake batter in their omelets. All of us, I'm willing to assume, and I think it's a, a fair assumption, a safe assumption, that we have all went into an IHOP to eat an omelet, to eat a burger, steak, or whatever. And I've always wondered, why are these omelets so daggone fluffy? IHOP omelets are so fluffy, you can freaking take a nap on these freaking things. It's, it's mind-boggling. And I didn't even know that they utilized pancake batter. It's like in the military, you know, you go to some chow halls at some installations, probably the majority overseas, bigger installations, you know, you go in there and get a ham and get an omelet, whatever you want. I would get a ham and cheese omelet. And some of those omelets are so fluffy, you could take a nap on. And some of those omelets got dog, they thin as a piece of paper. So I was wondering with some of those uh, cooks utilizing pancake batter. But I think even if you go to some of your mom and pop restaurants, you know, around the corner type places, I think they use a lot of pancake batter as well because some of those omelets are very fluffy. But that's that's pretty unique. I didn't I never known that. So the next time you make an omelet, ladies and gentlemen, go ahead and utilize some pancake batter. Then type in the comments of how it turned out. They say you can find a recipe online. It's pretty cool. Number two, the fish fillet sandwich was invented for Catholics. McDonald's fish fillet sandwich was born in 1962. Ah, but not as a healthy alternative, but as a religious one for Catholics who did not eat meat on Fridays. Sales of this sandwich are especially high during Lent. Hey, sometimes you got to 
make sure you accommodate everyone, religion, creed, color, what have you. Don't my only issue with this is not so much that it, it's, it's, it's an alternative for the Catholics. My thing is why hasn't McDonald's updated and reinvented the fish fillet sandwich? The bun is so soft. You can, you could talk about taking a nap on an IHOP omelet. You could take a nap on that freaking, freaking fish fillet bun. But my thing is McDonald's. Why haven't you revolutionized the daggone fish fillet sandwich? Why haven't you modernized it? Cause the fish fillet sandwich is great. To me, it's probably the best, one of the best fish sandwiches when you compare it to the competitors like Burger King, some of these other places. Um, the, the taste is better. What I wish the fish was actually bigger. They apply a daggone tomato on it, maybe some tartar sauce, maybe some lettuce. But then McDonald's is notorious. If it works, we can't change it. Thank God they don't change them fries. But that's another story. We can dive into that. But that's pretty interesting about uh accommodating the Catholics. And then you look at the sandwich. I would like I would love to take a deep dive and look at the numbers during Lent when uh when it when Lent is going on with this sandwich. Pretty amazing. That'd be something fun to dive into. All right, number three. Dave Thomas and Colonel Sanders used to work together. Dave Thomas worked for KFC for years and was close with Colonel Sanders. However, in 1962, 1967, I'm sorry, he invented the now famous revolving sign. When he sold his KFC franchises, he used the money to start Wendy's. That's pretty interesting. A couple of nuggets here I did not know. Well, shoot, all of, all of this I didn't know. I did not know Dave Thomas and Colonel Sanders worked together. And 1967, he invented the revolving sign. I know a lot of those are not in place right now, but I remember a lot of the older folks, right? Telling our age, we remember the revolving, the lopsided KFC sign going around, going around on top of the sign. But remember that's when KFC was great. That chicken was great. You know, and then Popeye's kind of smacked them in the face. And, you know, I'm not a fan of KFC anymore. Back then, I thought it was great, but you know, if I'm going to get fast food chicken, I go to Popeyes. And then he sold all his sold his KFC franchises and started Wendy's. Now we know the fact about Wendy's is named after his daughter, right? And I believe it started in Columbus, Ohio. I may be wrong. I may have to fact check that, but that's pretty interesting. So I'm wondering how was the relationship? What is what is what was it? A peaceful departure? Was it an angry departure? I own this. No, I own this. This is mine. This is, you know, I wonder, was it like that? So that'd be fun to kind of dive into, but ladies and gentlemen, I did not know that they work together. It's pretty interesting. All right. Number four, pizza hut used to buy all the kale before kale became the hottest healthy shopping list back in 2013. It's biggest purchaser was pizza hut, but not for pizzas. The pizza, the, the fast food chain used solely to decorate a salad bars. Hmm. So they used kale to decorate the salad bars. I know my mother-in-law, she used to be a major player at a uh, pizza hut. And I remember they used to talk about, even I saw it as well, how, um, they used the, 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 the kale and everything around the salad bars and the pasta bars. That's when you used to go to pizza hut. You can actually sit there, dine in, eat your pizza, sit with your family, have a picture of pop and all that. 
But I don't I don't be, I don't know. Again, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if any pizza huts nowadays where you can actually dine in there. That used to be an experience, but I remember now thinking about it, reading this line. Kale was around there, and they used it just to decorate. Man, that's pretty interesting. And now kale's like one of the biggest greens that you can eat right now. So everyone's eating that healthy kale, that old pizza hut sitting on the uh, salad bar kale. <laughs> Next one, number five. Denny's locked his doors for the first time, and they found it, found out they needed locks. Always open, 24-7. Denny's stores never closed until 1988, when the fast food chain decided to give its employees much-needed time off. The only co complication that arose was how to make sure the place was locked up while empty. Because many stores had never closed in the company's 35-year history, they had to hire locksmiths to install new locks or replace very old ones. You know, I find that kind of funny. I worked at White Castle and White Castle only closes once a year, which is Christmas, right? But there were always locks on the door. So you mean to tell me all those years Denny's was open, they never had locks for their doors? So and I got it, the, the store, the restaurant stayed open 24 hours. But you mean to tell me no one, whoever built the building, Whoever developed the blueprint for the building, they never thought about making locks. Even if you're open for 24 hours, to me, let's still have a lock on this because just in case someone's trying to rob the place or what have you. It could be inclement weather. I mean, anything. But that's pretty mind-boggling. And this was back in 1988. So, huh. So, Denny's are letting you know right now, if you ever open up a restaurant, anything, and it stays open 24 hours, Please install locks as well, right? Don't wait freaking 35 years after the fact when you decide to give your employees time off and then you realize you don't have freaking locks. Shame on you, Denny's. Shame on you. Number six, y'all. Another Colonel Sanders. Colonel Sanders opened another restaurant after Kentucky Fried Chicken. After perfecting his fried chicken recipe, Colonel Sanders saw KFC grow to a billion-dollar company. KFC also changed their chicken and gravy recipes to something that didn't meet the Colonel's standards. Since the KFC founder hated the new food so much, he opened a new fried chicken restaurant to compete with the chain he started. Now, there are so many things we could talk about KFC and the secret, secret recipe, who actually invented it, who cultivated it. We, that's something I would definitely like to dive into later on. So you, you, you built another restaurant that competed with yours, but you didn't like the way the recipe came out. You changed everything. And then you made another restaurant. Look, man, KFC. Again, I have my own issues with KFC, so I'm just going to leave it there. But you know, KFC, I guess is doing well again, not one of my favorite places to go. And I don't want to knock it, but, uh, that's pretty interesting that he built the company, developed another company company, didn't like the chicken recipe or the gravy and built another company to compete against that one. So my thing is if you're in charge of something, shouldn't you be the one that's co-signing and approving any changes? That sounds like a you problem, sir. I know he's long gone, but yeah, that's a you problem. Last one y'all. And I have intimate knowledge on this one. One, this is number seven. 
One Burger King burger was made with black squid ink. In 2014, for a limited time only, Burger King customers in Japan can enjoy the Kuro black burger, which included black cheese made from bamboo charcoal and a black squid ink sauce on a charred black bun. I will tell you, we were stationed in Okinawa, Japan from 2014 to 2017. And all the Burger Kings that was on base and all around Okinawa, to include mainland, had this burger. And I remember we used to drive by. My daughter used to talk about the, that black uh, squid ink burger. And I was tempted to try this burger flying from the Philippines uh, to Singapore one time. And I remember the airport in Singapore had had the black squid ink burger. I didn't eat it. I remember going up there and she asked, you know, welcome to Burger King. Can I uh, have you try the black squid ink burger? And I said, no, I saw that in Japan already. I think I'm good. Let me just get a number one with cheese. But I remember this black squid ink burger. They had a big old sign at all the, uh, the Burger King's on base and the one uh, out in town in Japan. I remember that the black squid ink burger. No, no, no Burger King. I didn't try that one. I didn't try that one. Now I kind of wish I did. Cause I don't think you can find it now. So again, we had a little fun today. That's this was uh talking on a Tuesday again, seven fun facts about fast food that we previously didn't know. A lot of these I didn't know as well. Again, to ensure I provide proper credit, this comes from eat this.com again, eat this.com. It has a list of a hundred crazy fast food facts. And I'll make sure I'll put a link in the description as well to give proper credit. But uh, yeah, try some of those out, especially with the IHOP, the omelets and the pancake batter. That's pretty interesting. And look through that list when you're going to eat this.com. There's some fun facts in there. All good. All right, y'all. Again, appreciate you guys tuning in today on a Talking on a Tuesday here on the 21st of December, 2021. Again, I've been saying it for a while. We're getting closer to Christmas, y'all. Do that last-minute Christmas shopping, and everything will go well. Hope you guys have a great day. See you guys again tomorrow on Way Back Wednesday. And I have another story about my first time in Germany, landing in Germany, and some of the issues I had with some of the senior leadership when I landed in Germany. So that will be the Way Back Wednesday story for tomorrow. But this concludes talking on a Tuesday today. I thank you guys for tuning in. Be safe, be sound, and continue to prosper. See y'all tomorrow. Trust and believe.